This is the Creative Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Lopez. Hope you enjoy this podcast. It's set up and designed for coaches, leaders, and influencers to share their stories and inspire others to share their stories as well. That we can all learn together as a community and get better every day. So thank you for listening to season two. Today's guest is Stanton Johnson. Coach Johnson is the newly appointed head coach at Loyola Marymount University. We talked to him today about his interesting journey coming from Liberia, West Africa. We also talk about how important relationships are within that journey. And we talk about how he's rebuilding a great program. Hope you enjoyed this podcast and you look to get better every day. Welcome to the podcast, Coach. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Coach Johnson, uh, first of all, congratulations on your new home there at Loyola Marymount. Uh, great spot there at the Bluff. Uh, just an exciting time, Coach. So uh, here again, just recently hired, fresh into that environment. Uh, so I really do thank you for, for taking some time to be on with us. Well, it's my pleasure and honor to be on, on here with you and I'm excited to be the head coach at uh, Leola Marymount. That's good stuff, Coach. So I, I want to ask you first off, Coach, how were you introduced to the game of basketball coming out of Utah? Well, I, you know, I was born in Liberia, West Africa. And uh, wow. Wow. My, I, I, uh, at the age of 10, we, you know, a civil war broke out. And, uh, you know, my family had to get evacuated. And uh, we, by the grace of God, we, we got out of the country with three bags, lost our entire life there. My mom was from the States. She was from America. And because of that, we had dual citizenship. And uh, we moved to Salt Lake City. And my first recess there, um, you know, I, I was probably one of a handful of African-American kids in the school. And, you know, automatically they think I can play. Yeah. Uh, so they picked me first at recess, right? <laughs> and I didn't even know if you were supposed to kick the ball or <laughs> dribble the ball because I grew up playing soccer and tennis. Um, so, you know, from that day, I was the last pick every recess for that year. <laughs> you know, and when guys, when guys were going to pick me and I was the last guy, you know, you'd hear everybody moaning and groaning. <laughs> I can't believe we got him. But, you know, it, it, it made me have a strong passion and desire to get better. And that summer, I just worked on my game, worked on my game, worked on my game. And I fell in love with the game because of that. And I tell people all the time, how powerful is it? You know, I found out that a little orange ball could connect a kid from Liberia, West Africa to, you know, a Caucasian kid from, from Murray, Utah. You know, there was just magic in it and a connection. So that's kind of how I came about, you know, in terms of learning the game, growing in the game and becoming really passionate about it. Wow. You said a mouthful there, coach. First of all, the experience you had coming out of Liberia, I mean, just, Amazing, amazing, you know, just a journey that most people will never understand. Uh, and I say most, and I really mean most people could never understand or grasp the gravity of that situation. And then to kind of, uh, I guess, make lemonade out of it to a degree and uh, also finding finding a passion. That's great, Coach. Uh, interesting story and, and very interesting journey. So, Coach, what was your experience as a player coming up? I mean, it was great. You know, I, 
became one of the better players in the state of Utah. And had a chance to get a Division One scholarship and went to Southern Utah. And going to Southern Utah, I think, um, I can't remember my sophomore year, one of those years we, you know, won the Mid-Continent Conference. You know, back in the day, that was like Valpo, when Valpo was on a tie, yeah. you know, with, with Coach Drew. Um you know, Valparaiso was in the league. Oakland was in the league. Cole Roberts, solid basketball league, you know, dominated by, by Valparaiso. We actually beat them in the championship game and go to the NCAA tournament. That was the first time in the history of our program that Southern Utah had gone to the tournament, and uh, they'd never been back since. Uh, we played Boston College uh, with Coach Skinner. Uh, they had a guy by the name of Troy Bell. I, I, that yeah. year, he, he may have been the ACC Player of the Year. Yeah. And we controlled most of that game in, in New York, and they ended up, you know, getting us, I think, one or two kind of late at the buzzer. Um, I had a great basketball experience that way. Uh, you know, as a player, you know, learned so much. Um, we're around some, you know, some, some really good players. And, you know, I, I, I started at the ground level at a, at a place, and we built it up into a champion. And, you know, those experiences have, have, have shaped who I am not only as a person, but as a coach. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really helped my thinking and my philosophy, um, you know, as I've progressed in my career. So, Coach, would you say that when you came to, you know, your senior year there at uh, Bemindji in Minnesota, that maybe you felt like the pro game maybe wasn't for you, so you felt like coaching was the next step for you? How did that work out for you? Well, you know what, I, I probably could have um, – I probably could have gone somewhere and got paid a couple of dollars to call myself a pro, but yeah. you know, I, I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to, to to be in this profession. I knew I was called to do that, and um, you know, I didn't want to be somebody who, you know, you go away and you take four or five years out of your life, you know, doing something that, you know, at the end of the day, you're probably never going to see the mountaintop, or you're never going to do anything of any substance yeah. and then come back and try to get in it. Cause it's hard. And I, I had a chance right after I was done guy I played for my last year, Bemidji state gave me an opportunity to be his assistant coach. I mean, paid me like 10 or 12 grand a year. I lived in his basement in Minnesota. I remember my dad saying, what the heck are you doing, man? You, <laughs> you got college degree. What are you doing? Um, but, uh, it was an unbelievable start, a humbling start. Um, took so much from that and because of those again uh those opportunities and, and starting at a place like that in my career it, it gave me great appreciation for every stop i've had along the way yeah i can imagine so was there was was there one person maybe a group of people that influenced you to just jump full into it they said hey looks like you got the niche for this why don't you go ahead and try to make this a career or how did that all pan out? No, I mean, I, I just, it was in my gut, my spirit. All and, right. you know, I knew that it was what I was called to do. And awesome. no one, no one had to tell me that you should do it. I, I felt led to do it. And, um, you know, it's pretty cool when you feel led to do things and it's in your spirit. Uh, it's amazing the joy you get from that. Yeah. And I, you know, I feel like I say it all the time, like, there has not been one single day in the last 17 years going on 18 and coaching where I woke up in the morning and didn't love going to do my job. 
Nice. You know, and it's never even felt like a job. But again, because that was my calling. That was my why. And when you live that why, man, it's uh, it's pretty special. No, no doubt, Coach. You're talking something big, like when you say being led and in your spirit, I often maintain, and I constantly maintain, I should say, that we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And uh, when you feel when you feel something, a leading and an unction in your spirit, go for it. I mean, you can't go wrong. So obviously that was your experience as well. So that's great to hear, Coach. So now they're at Loyola Marymount, Coach. Uh, what was your experience like when you met your new team and then now kind of living on the West Coast, that time change? How, how did all that pan out for you? Um, well, I'm not out on the West Coast now because of everything that's happening. I'm still in Milwaukee. I, I really have not had the opportunity to meet my full team in person because when I got the job, we were a couple of weeks already into fighting this virus. Yeah. And a lot of my guys went home. Um, I did have a chance to go there and spend a couple of days with you know, five or six guys that were on campus. And that was special and, you know, a, a, a great experience. Um, but I have not had the normal transition into a new job. You know, there's been no press conference. There's been no uh, team meeting altogether. Um, you know, they're, they're, all those things have been put on the back burner, um, and rightfully so. I mean, we're, we're dealing with something that's far more important than that. Yeah. You know, so what I've had to do is, you know, use our electronic devices to touch our guys, you know, throughout the uh, throughout the world and um, guys scattered across California and through the states. Uh, but that's kind of how it's been um, for me. Yeah, so given, like you're talking about, the current state of affairs with society and all, you know, I saw recently that you just built your your uh, your staff. That's fantastic that you're able to get that done. Now, how do you, looking forward, how are you going to go about it here, again, given all the social distancing and not having kids on campus, how do you look to build your roster? Well, you know, I, once again, I'm going back to my roots. And when I was a coach at Bemidji State or Southwest Baptist, we didn't have, you were limited in what you could do. Um, you spent a lot of time watching film. Yeah. Uh, you, you almost had to get a guy committed before he came to campus because there was not, you know, just tons of money to be flying guys in and out all the time. You know, so you had to win recruiting battles that way. And a lot of it was based on relationships and those things. And uh, so that, for me, has been advantageous in this situation because I, I, I grew up like that in this business. Yeah. Um, obviously it's not ideal. Um, but that's what I'm doing. I was able to put a staff together over the phone. Uh, and that takes a lot of time and a lot of work. Uh, um, but I'm proud of what we were able to do given the circumstance to, to end up with the quality of people we have. Yeah. And now I'm having the same approach, you know, in terms of recruiting, um, it's really difficult. You can't be out. You know, there are no events. You can't see guys face to face. So I'm just trying to deal with people I trust, the people I know. Um, you know, people I've worked with where we've had shared success together in terms of, you know, the types of kids we've gotten from those specific people. And I'm leaning on that. And um, so lots of film, lots of phone calls, 
and lots of trust in the people that that we have relationships with. I mean, that's that's kind of how I'm doing it. Yeah, no, that's kind of that's the lifeblood I think of recruiting relationships, and then the, trusting those relationships that they can you know fairly or accurately evaluate, uh, so that the intel you're given isn't uh, just you know somebody's uh, overhyped evaluation and that they're, they can help you. Uh, but I like, right. I like what you're talking about, not being out of your element. You know, you were prepared for this before. And I think that's the beauty of every coach listening right now. If you can hear what he's saying, he's saying my earlier experiences, though they were not at the division one level have helped me in my division one experience now. And so now I can, you know, make do with what I have. And that's, that's fantastic. Especially when it comes to building a staff coach, because those are people you got to trust people you got to lean on and people that ultimately you do want them to challenge you so that you're doing what's best for the program. And I think that's fantastic coach. Cause that's That's going to build a culture that I think kids would want to be a part of. So uh, just great stuff right there, coach. So I appreciate it. Yes, sir. What in particular attracted you to Loyola Marymount knowing that they've kind of had a drought in the NCAA tournament and knowing, you know, you, being there with Coach Wojo at Marquette, having all that success, what what, did, what took you away from that? Well, I felt like I, I, I've i had for five years the best assistant coach job in the country. And um, I'm not just saying that I, I have unbelievable place. Nobody does basketball better. Nobody. Wow. You name the program, nobody. I mean, there may be a handful of schools that might do it maybe as good, no one does it better. Uh, the quality of people um, that we have had and have at Marquette, uh, the types of people I worked with, um, how they made me better, uh, the responsibilities I was given, you know, my role. Uh, it was just a lot to give up. And uh, I always told myself I wasn't going to leave here for just anything. Yeah. And this opportunity I felt fit me, it fit my personality, it fit the things I believed in. I didn't feel like I had to compromise who I was to be at my best here. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like, you know, the challenge of, of getting this thing turned around was an awesome one. Um, and it was awesome because, you know, new leadership, you know, working for a new AD like Craig Pittens, I, I believe in him. I believe in uh, what he's trying to get done. I believe in who he is. And, you know, the time I spent with him, I felt like I connected with him. Yeah. And I feel like I have a partner, you know, in meeting our president, President Snyder, you know, his enthusiasm, his love, and his desire and want to to be good in, uh, in basketball. Uh, I felt like it was the right time with the right people. I felt like we'd have the correct alignment uh, that's necessary um, to get a program where everybody wants it. Yeah. And if you can do it in LA and you can do it in a place like um, Loyola Marymount, um, then, you know, it, it would be bigger than doing it anywhere else. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about our school. I'm excited about the people I get to, to work with. And I'm excited about the challenge that's ahead. You coach, you say all that. And I think it's important for coaches listening I love what you said about not having to compromise who you were to be at your best, because that's really important. 
sometimes we move into a new job, which every coach eventually has to go to a new job. And we have to figure out how we can still be ourselves, still keep our convictions, which are very important, uh, keep our character in place and not bend to what we think they want, whoever else wants what we can still be ourselves and be our best. So it's really golden right there, coach, because that, that also assists in believing in others and that whole support system now. If you're walking into a situation, like you're saying, from the president to the AD, uh, where you feel like you have support, where you have uh, other stakeholders that are bought in, uh, it seems like success is inevitable. So great stuff, Coach. I, I really do appreciate you sharing that. Um, so so now you have, you've had some time to let it sink in, right? So you're, you're there, and you're saying to yourself, man, I'm the head coach at Loyola Marymount. You know, first-time head coach, this is, you know, this is it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm in charge of this whole program to, to the degree that I've got to build culture. I've got to put, you know, fans in stands. I got to do all these things, engage with the student body, uh, you know, make sure my staff and us are, are consistent with our messaging and all that coach. Uh, how, how excited are you to kind of, uh, get to doing all that work? I am excited, you know, um, this is, this is why you want that responsibility. It, it's why you want that role. You, you want to be able to, you know, put your fingerprints on a program and, and build a culture and build something that, you know, everybody can be proud of, more importantly, yourself. And, uh, you know, that excites me. It excites me to do it with, you know, other really great people. Yeah. It excites me to, to have an opportunity to, to really try to reconnect our, our program with our community our program with our past, our program with our future, and, you know, get all those entities all pulling in the same direction and, and gaining great momentum. And that's not easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, it's a hard task, but it's one that I enjoy. It's one that, you know, it's, it's, it's a puzzle, puzzle that I'm having fun trying to figure out. And we're just weeks on the job. we got a lot of work to do and a long way to go, but, you know, I can say this to you, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting the program. I, I believe in a much better place than uh, where maybe everybody who's come before me has. And, you know, I stand on the shoulders of all those people. Coach Dunlap, for example, his staff did an incredible job getting the right kinds of people in the program, high character kids. Uh, they understand how to work. You know, Coach Good, when he was here, did a fantastic job uh, creating talent and so everybody who's come here has come here and worked and give their best. No one's come here and said, you know what? I, I, I hope I go there. We don't do well. Everyone's come in here. Every single coach, every single head coach, every single assistant, every single player has come into Loyola Marymount and they've given all they had. And because of that, I don't think people understand it, but, and it may have been a little slower, but the program has moved in a different way. It's it, it's not in the same place, and then maybe it's been slower. But now we have the chance to stand on the shoulders of those guys and all and all they've done and all the work they put in to hopefully someday make them really proud. Wow! And for them, to, you know, I want them to understand, like, yeah, it's me here right now, but it's us. Yeah, it's us. We're still doing it together. You you our success 
will be because of all the work you put in. And I believe that. I believe that our success at Loyola Marymount is going to completely be tied to our past and the people who came in front of us. And, and I want them to know that. And I want everybody associated with our program to know that and to respect the work that everybody has done prior to us coming here. That's important to me. Yeah. Coach, you're saying so much there that I don't think I've ever heard from a newly appointed head coach at any level. Uh, just being so gracious about saying you're standing on the shoulders of those who came before you. And I think that that is, I don't know, that's character at the highest level, in my opinion. Great humility. Uh, you know, I, I, when I think about Loyola Marymount, I was probably but 10 years old when Hank Gathers, Bo Kimball, and Coach Westhead were tearing it up. And, uh, you know, that kind of set, that kind of put Loyola Marymount on the map. And what you're talking about is saying, hey, we're still here. We didn't go nowhere. And, and you're going you're gonna to find us again if you, went, you walked away. And so I think that's a great perspective to have, Coach, and just the humility and to, to kind of giving credit to those who came before you for what the work they did. Because, I, like I said, all, all of us have been either left a job or been asked to leave a job. And in that process, we, didn't, we never wanted to think that our work was in vain or that we just toiled there, uh, that we actually did have an impact and, and left some kind of imprint. So uh, that's great, Coach. Uh, I really appreciate you saying those things because I think that's, uh, that's a humility a lot of us coaches need to have. So Thank you. you know, I, I ask this to all my guests because it's really important, I think, for us to be introspective and then have some reflection uh, on our careers. Uh, so to this point, Coach, what have you learned about yourself throughout your career? Uh, you know what? I've learned that uh, you can't get anywhere by yourself. Yeah. And, again, I, I, I don't sit here as the head coach today because I'm so good and uh, I'm better than everybody and I did it on my own. I'm here before, because there were so many people who took chances on me. Uh, so many people who took the time to mentor me, so many people who took the time to, you know, allow me to be on their staffs and to learn from them. You know, so many people who told me I was good enough and you can go for it and you can lead and you could be good in this business. And, um, you know, because of them, because of those relationships, you know, it's why I'm where I'm at today. And I would tell that to anybody, you know, and I don't want to get into coach speak, but it's true. Like you can't get anything done that's of any substance and that's great by yourself. Right. right. And if you're, if you're doing things by yourself, then everything you're doing is really small. Yeah. And I know for a fact, I didn't get here because of me. This has nothing to do with me. This has a lot to do with uh, the opportunities that I was placed in, the people that I were around, and those people believing in me enough to help me get to this place. And I'm grateful for that. And I hope that, you know, as I continue to, to go down this journey, I hope it's a long one. I certainly hope to do the same things for, for other people. And, you know, sometimes I don't think it's just a coaching thing, but it's what we do. It's a life thing. We can get so consumed with ourselves and us yeah. and our own, agendas and goals we forget that you know what we're, we're here to bring other people along too yeah and there are so many other great coaches young coaches out there that people don't know anything about you know and if i can if i can help 
one of those people be identified and someday sit where I'm sitting and I hope someday surpass what I've done, you know, that would be incredible. That's great stuff, coach. You know, when you, when you say you needed others to get to where you're at, I think we're experiencing right now at this time, we can't be around our players and our program and our staffs and even our office staff. I mean, which is really, really important. We really get the, the clear view of if there's no kids, we have no job. You know, if we don't have the support staff we have, are we as organized as we need to be? If we don't, you know, all these things that are kind of, that we're kind of dependent on as coaches, I think we we have a little bit more gratitude towards that now. And that's what the situation has kind of taught, I think myself and a lot of other coaches. So when you say you didn't get here by yourself, I think it, it just, it's magnified now about how you got to where you're at now and how moving right. forward, you need the people who are going to be with you after this crisis in this situation to move forward. Right. So I think that's uh, really good stuff, coach. Uh, so my last question coach is about legacy. And I know you're, you're just getting started here, but in the 18 years that you've coached and then hopefully the next 20 or whatever years you continue to coach, uh, what would you want to be said of you looking forward when it's all said and done? Uh, you know what? I, I hope people will say, you know, he cared. And I hope they'll say that he, um, you know, valued his players uh, as who, as human beings. And they were never just numbers to him. You know, that he poured, poured into their lives and that he helped take them to, to places they they couldn't take themselves. I hope they'll say that, you know what, years after playing for him and when we got married, he was there. Yeah. You know, I, I hope they would say he um, he's cared more about who we were as human beings, as students, just as much as he did as who we were as basketball players. I hope my colleagues would say I was a great teammate and someone who had an equal interest and investment in their programs. Um, and I hope people will say, you know what, I, I represented them well. And um, in doing that, you know, hopefully we, we, we had a lot of joyous nights of victories because uh, the culture, the foundation, the relationships, um, and the connections were all how they should be. And they were bigger than the game, which led to, to great success. Coach? I thank you so much for your time. I really do. Uh, and here again, I know, I know you're still kind of in, in process here, processing in there and uh, trying to get things all together. But, you know, just you taking the time means a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I don't ever want to tell people good luck on their first job, head coaching job. Be blessed in your first head coaching job, coach. Uh, and I, and I wish, you so wish you nothing but the best in setting that new standard that you want to set and building the culture you want to build. So here again, thank you for being on. Well, I appreciate you having me, man. Stay safe out there, and I uh, look forward to seeing you and meeting you soon. Likewise, Coach. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye.